In the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hachaliah, it came to pass in the month of Chislu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came he and certain men of Judea. And I asked them concerning the Jews that were had escaped, which were left of the captivity concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left in kept of the captivity, they're in the province are in great afflictions and reproach. The walls of Jerusalem is broken down. The gates thereof are burned with fire. It came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept, mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before God of heaven and, and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenants and mercies for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive unto thine ear and eyes open, that thou mayest hear in the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night, for the children of Israel, thy servants, and, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee, and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments which thou commandest in thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee, at the words that thou commandest, amen, thy servants Moses, saying, If you transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if you turn to me, unto me, keep my commandments and do them. Thou therefore were of you cast out unto the uttermost parts of heaven, yet will I gather them from the fence and bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Now then are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by the great power and by the strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear, amen, be attentive unto the prayers of thy servant and to the prayers of thy servants, amen, who desire, amen, to fear thy name this day and grant him mercies to the sight of this man, amen, for I was the king's cupbearer. Lord, I thank you for the word of the Lord. I pray, God, that there's encouragement and there's strength. And there's men like Nehemiah, God, even now, Lord, I pray that we are thinking, God, of this man and how that he was determined to do something besides just, amen, live life and serve the king, amen, of, 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 of Persia. He, he, he believed that there was a purpose more than that for his life. And I pray, God, that somehow we can seek you and find God direction in our lives, even today in this tumultuous time that we live in. I ask you, God, to anoint God the words. God, somehow let it sink into the hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I was reading these passages of Scripture here, amen, the other day, and, and it just quickened my mind to... Uh, to the story of Nehemiah, and uh, my, my spirit was just uh, moved by this man that 
seemingly in this world was just like some of us. We felt like that we, we, could, uh, we could carry on uh, through all the circumstances we're in. But you know what? We do need God in every step that we take through life. Praise God. In the year uh, that Nehemiah was speaking of here, it was, uh, was the time when the Babylonians came down and they had, they had destroyed Jerusalem and they carried away captives. And, uh, and of course, the year was 606 B.C. when Nebuchadnezzar first started taking away the captives. And, of course, there was rebellion in the children of Israel, but they felt like, you know, this is God's country and this is God's blessing upon us and his, his, his promises. And so they tried to overthrow or rebel against the, uh, the kingdom of the Babylonians and they came back again and again and again. And finally in 586 BC, when they left that time, there was nothing hardly left of the city. The walls were torn down, the gates were burned, the temple was destroyed. And, uh, and so that was, it was kind of left in desolation. Amen. And, uh, and at that period of time, amen, there was 20 years of time that the Babylonians did just, let's say, come back time and time again to, to, uh, to put down an insurrection there. But uh, 70 years came by, you know, as, uh, as uh, we are very familiar with that promise. And uh, you can read that, amen, in, uh, in, in Ezra, the first chapter, that, uh, there, that Jer- Jeremiah had prophesied that there was going to become a king by the name of Cyrus, that he was going to, uh, to free the people. And, of course, God himself had told them that their captivity would be 70 years. And yet uh, when Cyrus came, he gave, a, he gave opportunity for the people to go back to Jerusalem. And, of course, they did go back. Some of them did. And uh, when they got back there, it wasn't very pleasant to them because they strive to rebuild and restore. In fact, Zerubbabel came back, and he was, uh, he was re- going to rebuild the temple. And, uh, of course, it was a very moving story about Zerubbabel when he laid the foundation and how some wept and some rejoiced because that they were starting to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. But opposition, things that we, we face, and, and I'm thinking that, Amen. Of today, how we are feeling like that we have an opposition in, in fulfilling what we want to do for God. But uh, it's, it's quite, a, quite a story there. Amen. How that, uh, that, uh, that uh, Zerubbabel, he finally just uh, finally gave up because he was opposed so strongly. And then the Bible talks about us, and you can read this about, and, and in 457 B.C., uh, that was uh, approximately 80 years later. Uh, so Ezra came back, and uh, he, was, he was endeavoring to, he was a priest, and he was endeavoring to try to, to restore a spiritual application to their lives and give them courage and, and, and so forth. And then 11 years later, amen, there was the, the Nehemiah got there, and that was in 446 B.C., so 160 years since, since the Babylonians came and destroyed Jerusalem, 160 years had passed before Nehemiah got there. Amen. And the story that I read to you, amen, here this morning was, was when Nehemiah first heard the word. Uh, and he, uh, he, uh, it, it, it tore him up. 
And I'd like to read again the first three verses of Nehemiah. Nehemiah, the words of Nehemiah, amen, the son of Hecheliah, amen. It came to pass in the month of Chislu, in the 20th year, and that is the 20th year of Artaxerxes was being the uh, king of Persia, amen. The Hananiah, one of my, my brethren, and I would also say that there is quite a conflict there of saying where he was, was, was his brother in the flesh, or he was just one of his brethren that was close to him there. He, uh, he with, came to see Nehemiah with certain uh, men from Judea. And, and I asked them concerning the Jews that were escaped, amen, and that's the ones that escaped the, the uh, carrying away, amen, that was residing in Jerusalem, amen, which, which, which is the left of the captivity. And he, and he asked them, how's, how's things going there in Jerusalem? And when they, he heard the story, he heard the story that he started weeping and crying and interceding to the Lord. Now, I, uh, I would want to let us kind of just think of a moment because 160 years had passed. And so that meant that probably, no doubt, that it was Nehemiah's grandfather that was carried away. And we don't know, we knew his father's name here, but we don't know, amen, how long it, where he had been. But, uh, but he, was, uh, he was a part of the captivity that remained in, in Babylon and also in, in the Persia at this time. And uh, so uh, Nehemiah had no kinfolks back there. Amen. Beyond, amen, his great, great parents and their grand people, which was possibly he couldn't even find them. Maybe the genealogy he could. But he was concerned because it was God's promises. He was concerned because God had gave some promises to his people that this was their, this was their land and this was their city. And this was my city, God was saying. It's the city that God chose, amen, to set up his place, amen, of communication and, and, and with, with, the, with his own people. So, amen, Nehemiah was recognized in the fact, amen, that God's place, amen, that he chose on this earth was, not, was, was all broken down. And that, that, brought, that brought grief to his heart. Amen. Amen. He, the scripture tells us, amen, the fourth verse, it came to pass that when I heard these words, I sat down and wept. Amen. The judgments, I mean, the, the mourning, amen, concerning days and fasted and prayed before God of heaven. Amen. I, 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 I'm broken up. I'm broken up. The title of my thought Amen, I did not give to you, amen, at the very beginning, but uh, I will give it to you now, amen, and I'll make points of it later on, more than a want to, amen, we, we've got to have more than just a want to, and uh, I do believe that most of us have a want to, but sometimes our want tos, amen, just never come to pass, or we never, amen, see them flourish into the point that God would really want us to be, amen. But there's more, to, there's more to life than just dreaming about things, amen. I do know, I do know that sometimes it takes time for dreams and visions and desires to come to pass. God has a, God has a perfected time and he set a time for this. 
You can talk about Joseph if you want to. Joseph had dreams when he was a child. Amen. And they were from God. And uh, he told his brethren, you know, the stories there that, uh, but, but Joseph never even seen his own dreams and visions that came from God come to pass until many, many more years down the road when he became a man and, 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 and they, in the uh, uh, prison houses uh, of Egypt, it, it was when finally the Lord, amen, brought to pass the things that God had told him that was a part of his future life. I believe that God has purposes for all of us and what we do not what we do not need to do is to somehow under any circumstances that we have to go through. Amen. Forget about what God's promises to us and what God has plans and purposes for our life. This is this is nothing but a bump in the road. Amen. Amen for us that that we believe that God can amen after the bump in the road. Amen. We can see great things. And I, I I'm preaching to that today because I do believe that God has a greater purpose than somehow us to settle down like we are right now and uh, just uh, endure a few weeks of, uh, of this. But let us take advantage of those things. Amen. And make sure that somehow we use our time and, and efforts in a, in a wise way, amen, to uh, see that God, amen, hallelujah, is the director of our past. Praise God. Hallelujah. And Nehemiah, he, he was not thinking of himself in this situation. Like I say, he, his family was gone. He had nobody back there. But yet it was God's place. And that was more important to him, God's place. It was, it was the place that God had set aside, amen, to have his presence known unto Israel. It was a place where, amen, the temple was that, amen, the priest would go and meet with God and the people would come and offer their sacrifices. And yet, yet now it was gone and they, they didn't have seemingly have a, have a place and, and Nehemiah was wanting that place restored and rebuilt. Amen. Zerubbabel did his part, but I just believe that God was, God was in all of this as far as Nehemiah was concerned. Amen. And if you want to listen to some of his praying, amen, I, I just would like to read it again. Amen. From you, verse 5 and 6. And he said, I beseech thee, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and the terrible God that keepeth covenants and mercies for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ears now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayers of thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants. Amen. And confess the sins of the children of Israel. Amen. Nehemiah was the intercessor for this generation of people that he was praying, God, I know what you promised and I know what you said. And Lord, some way it's just not working out like, God, we hope it would be because of the sins of the people. And now, Lord, I'm asking forgiveness. I'm, I'm, I'm believing, Lord, that there's a purpose that you have in things like this. And I suppose now that we could say that with this situation, I don't know. I pray and believe that God 
amen, can bring the church, amen, to a closer relationship with him. I believe our prayer life, amen, can be, amen, far more, amen, profitable, amen, and after when it's all over with, amen, because God, amen, desires for his people, amen, to be at their reaching for the lost, amen, in this world. I believe it's maybe some of these folk, amen, I don't know. I don't know who they are. I have not known any of them, but I believe that somehow it, it can turn their hearts and minds back to the Lord wherever in whatever condition they're in, amen. And I'm referring to people that may have this virus or whatever. I do believe that God, amen, can take any situation and bring it to be a blessing in his kingdom. And now, 160 years later, it seems that God's placing on Nehemiah's heart for a burden for the people of Jerusalem. It seems to me as I read the scriptures that, and I, I recognize the hand of God and believe that, amen, many times the spirit of the Lord would move upon us to pray for people. And there's people that's come before me in my mind this week that I felt like it wasn't just a thought that came through my mind, but the Lord was, Lord was, some, was, was, was encouraging me to pray for them. I do not know, amen, what kind of a success sometimes our prayers is, but I believe that when God lays them on our hearts, we ought to, amen, open up and pray, amen, for those needs, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let thine ears be attentive to her cries. Amen. It's, it's Nehemiah was pleading with God that somehow, amen, God would open some doors for him. In other words, I, I give myself away here. I, I offer myself. Amen. And when you start reading the story of Nehemiah's life here, and he, he told, he told, he was the cupbearer, amen, to the king. And by him being the cupbearer, he had great authority and he had great positions. It was not for him, amen. He could have lived all his life without ever, amen, involving himself in anything. I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I've got a good job, I'm, I'm secure, I can, I can live the rest of my life like this and my family is all taken care of. I, 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 I have no ties with Jerusalem except in the spiritual and in God. Amen. God calling and God directions in our lives. Amen. Sometimes, sometimes it's just what God wants to do with our life that we need to take, take heed to and understand that God wants to use each one of us. Hallelujah. But what I'm preaching today, Nehemiah's faith in God and his promises, amen, that God, amen, had, had made to Israel. He wanted those things to be restored, and he wanted to see the, see the, see the victory of it. Praise God. Amen. I, I want to give you a couple of three passages of Scripture that uh, I'm sure possibly some of this, or there was myriads of Scriptures in the Bible that I could have used, but I used just these three different passages of Scripture. Amen. And first, first of all, the Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. Uh, and that is when the temple was first built by by Solomon, and it was finished, and they were dedicating the temple that God spoke. And he said, now, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven 
and I'm going to forgive their sins, and I'm going to heal their land. That was a forewarning, amen, in all that glorious time, amen, of all those thousands of sheep and things were, amen, that day and the beauty of the temple. I, I don't have time or I don't want to describe it all to you, but uh, historians would say that there were already billions of dollars worth of gold in that temple. It was so beautiful, amen. It was, it was when the Queen of Sheba came, it was just more than she could even bear. I mean, the half has never been told me of how, amen, that Solomon, amen, was, was offering himself in worship to God and how he went up to the house of the Lord and so forth. And uh, so it, it, was, it was built, praise God. And then God responded back to Solomon. He said, there's, amen, as if he was saying, there's coming a time. There's coming a time when the children of Israel has got to get on their knees and humble themselves. Amen. You're, you're blessed so much, but we've got to, got to recognize the fact, amen, that when we are not walking with the Lord as we ought, amen, and God was saying, I, 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 I want to I let you know I hadn't forgot about you. And so I think that is exactly what somehow Nehemiah was recognizing. the fact, Lord, you hadn't forgot us. I just want to remind you. I remind you. Amen. And I, I'm, I'm offering myself, amen, to, uh, to, to, to be a help in this time of crisis. Amen. Jeremiah, the 30th chapter and the 18th verse would tell us another passage of Scripture of God's promises where he said, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I bring against the captivity of Jacob's tent and have mercy on his dwelling places and the city shall be built upon and her own amen, heap and the places shall remain after the manner thereof and out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry and I will multiply them and they shall not be amen, few. I will also glorify them, and they shall not be small. Amen. Now, Jeremiah was prophesying this. He was prophesying this at the time of the Babylonian captivity was being, being a, and they were being carried away. And he was prophesying, God said this to me. Amen. Hallelujah. Thus saith the Lord. I'm going to bring them back. I'm going to restore them. I'm going to make them, and it's not going to be just a few they're going to be back and multiply themselves. And this is going to be a place where I, amen, put my name again. Amen. I praise God. Amen. That there's hope, amen, beyond all of the things that Israel was going through. Amen. Because of the sin in their life. I am not, I am not today just trying to advocate that things that are happening in this world, amen, is because of sin. But I do, I do feel like that. Amen. That somehow the judgments of God does do does come like that, and other things that we're, amen, that we're facing today. Amen. I I do know that we're 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 as a people, we're America is not where they need to be with God. Amen. There's be prayers like Nehemiah was praying, God forgive us. Amen. We ask God that when, when, when Lord, your judgment comes, that God somehow, amen, the light shines beyond it. And brings, amen, a blessing. I am praying for revival. I read another passage of Jeremiah as he is telling what God is going to do in the future. Now, when he told this, 160 years has passed. But God does fulfill his promises. Amen. In Jeremiah chapter 31, amen. And the Lord hath appeared 
of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with long loving kindness have I drawn thee. And again, I will build thee, and thou shalt be built. O virgins of Israel, thou shalt again be adorned with the tablets and shalt go forth, amen, with the dancing of them that make merry. Thou shalt yet plant vineyards in the, in the mountains of Samaria, and, uh, and planters, amen, shall plant and shall eat them of common things. And there shall be a day that the watchman upon the mountain of Ephraim, amen, shall cry, arise ye, amen, and let us go up to the Zion unto the Lord of God, amen. And you can just read right on, and thus saith the Lord, sing with gladness, O Jacob, and shout among the chief of the nations, publish ye, and praise ye, and say, O Lord, save thy people and the remnant of Israel, amen. Behold, I will bring them, amen, from the north, and gather them from the coast of, of the earth, and with them the blind and the lame and the women which with child, and, and she that travaileth with child, together. Amen. A great company shall return. Amen. Or shall return there, thither. So, amen. Jeremiah was prophesying 160 years ago that, uh, amen, that Nehemiah or somebody would, amen, be the one that would really restore the things. And you know the story of how Nehemiah, amen, was. But his prayer, his prayer was that if you just read on in, 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 in Nehemiah there that I read to you in the first read there again, amen, he, he, Nehemiah was praying and, and supplicating to God that the Lord would change the heart of the king. Lord, I, I, I pray that you would, you would touch the king, amen, and, and, and let him be compassionate to us, amen. And, uh, and his, and his, his was praying, you know, that you can read. I'm sure that most of us have. I read Nehemiah quite often because it's so encouraging to me to recognize the fact that he meant somebody that was totally out of the way. But I would bring you a little more uh, maybe into the way of that because uh, Artaxerxes was the son of Ahasuerus, amen, which was, amen, the king that, Esther was the queen, and uh, and so uh, Esther evidently was was in the kingdom at the time that uh, Artaxerxes was a little boy growing up. I don't know who his mother was. I didn't really search that out, but I do know that he had a a great influence from Queen Esther. Amen. That probably had changed his life. I am also sure or believe that, amen, Artaxerxes also, the king at that time, had understood as, as Sarah, Cyrus did, amen, the promises of, of Jeremiah that I just read to you, amen, they, 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 they knew Jeremiah's prophecy, and they knew, they knew that God was still involved, amen, in the, in the lives of the children of God, amen, and so uh, somehow in all of this, Amen. And Nehemiah's praying and seeking the Lord in such a way that even when he went into the be the cup barrier, 
amen, go in before the king, amen, that the king recognized there's something different. There's something of a change in this man's life. He's been here many times before me, amen. I trust him. In fact, ever, ever my, ever, ever drink that I drink and possibly ever bite of food that I have, amen, and Nehemiah, he tastes of that to let the king know that nobody's trying to kill him. He was so trusted. Amen. I put my life in Nehemiah's hands. I believe that Nehemiah is a, is a person of very sincerity. And he knew, I suppose, also that Nehemiah was a Jew. Amen. So, amen. Here the situation was, amen, that he had, he had very close relationships, amen, to Mordecai and Esther. And, uh, and, and now he's king, and, and now he is, is his turn, amen, to show, amen, his power and ability to bring relief to the people of God. I'm telling you, we have a God that still watches over his people today. Regardless of the circumstances that we're in, God knows our frame. He knows where we are, and he knows the answer to our situations. And he can take every one of us, amen, and turn this into a blessing in our life if we can take advantage of the things, amen. Now, we can't go out and talk and knock, knock on doors or whatever, but uh, we can tall sometimes, and I'm not very good at that. But I tell you, I just believe that God has, has a purpose, amen, for his church to come forth, amen, blessed of God by, amen, the things that we're enduring at the present moment. It's just, God, the, the burden that Nehemiah has has got to get upon us. Hello. Amen. Now, I, I would uh, kind of bring you to my, uh, my thought that where I got my message, amen, it's got to be more than just a want to. As I, uh, I heard a sermon by Alan Oggs some many, many years ago, and uh, it's uh, it's... He preached on you got to have the want to, and his story that he was telling of what happened to him. Of course, he had a disability in his life, and he couldn't ride a bicycle, or he couldn't, couldn't hardly walk, and he, he, he determined that he was going to do that, and, and uh, he fell. He said he was skinned up so many times, but he finally got to where he conquered, amen, that bicycle. And uh, he, he, his sermon title was, you've just got to have the want to. you just got to have the want to. It doesn't matter how many times you fail. you just got to have the want to to keep on going. you got to have the want to. But I titled my thought, it's got to be more than just a want to. You've got to put yourself into the desire and, and actions. Amen. Amen. I, uh, I almost... Uh, <laughs> Almost uh, don't want to tell what I got a story of told, my, but I, it came to my mind. And, and uh, my father told me this story quite a number of years ago, somewhere in the early 1900s. He was, he was a little boy, and uh, he at the grocery store, a guy by the name of God, their grocery store in Addisville, Tennessee, he was named Ballas Kemp. And Ballas, he uh, he had a grocery store, and uh, he had a, he had a son that was uh, got grown and married, and had some children, and and so since his daddy owned the store, why he uh, 
proceeded to feel like that that was his store, I guess. So he'd come in, he'd get groceries, and he would take them out, and, and he kept coming in and doing that. And his daddy was trying to keep up with the, with the bill or the tag on that, but uh, he just kept on building up. And uh, so Bolas, he, uh, he told him one day, he said, son, said, uh, said, I think you need to start paying for some of these groceries. Uh, you're coming and just uh, eating off of me. And, and, and uh, so he got the groceries, went home, and, and he never come back for a, f- a week or so. And uh, he came back one day, and when he came back that time, he, uh, he was sitting around talking like, you know, the old, it's not like Walmart or, or uh, Winn-Dixie or something. They had a big old pot-bedded stove there in the, in the, middle, of the middle of the store, and everybody sitting around it. And, chewed the fat, you know, and talked. And so he told, he told his daddy, he said, Daddy, I want to pay for them groceries. I want to pay for them that I've gotten, and I, and I need to get some more. He said, okay, son, that's great. That's great. And, um, and then they talked for about 20, 30 more minutes and with all the people that were there. And then he got up and started gathering up groceries, and, and he sacked them up and started walking out the door. And his daddy called him and said, son, I thought you wanted to pay for them groceries. He said, I do. I really do, but I can't. I ain't got no money. But he just kept on walking. Amen. Uh, you got to have more than a want to. If you're going to get anything, if you're going to pay the price, and this is what Nehemiah, he, he called upon God to cleanse the sins of the people. And he also was asking God to let the king, amen, give him the authority to go back. Now, why I believe that this was all involved as I do know that when Zerubbabel came back, he had really no authority over many of the people because Samballat and Tobiah. Samballat was, his son was the governor of Samaria, which was the 10 northern tribes that he carried away to Babylon or back to, to Assyria in time, in years past. And so uh, he, had, he had authority with the kings of the Persians because the Persians ruled the world at that time. And so somehow that they had the authority to stop Zerubbabel. They had the authority to stop, amen, uh, uh, Ezra. And they had, to, they didn't, when Nehemiah came just 11 years after Ezra did, he had the authority because when, 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 amen, the, the king, when the king gave Nehemiah the permission to go back to Jerusalem to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, he said, I'm going to send my army with you. He, he sent soldiers with him to make sure that he was taken care of on the way. Amen. And he had the authority, amen, that he could told, tell Samballat and Tobiah, you have no part with us. Amen. So God had his man, Nehemiah. Nehemiah was the one that had the authority from the king to do what he did. Hallelujah. And we're seeing sometimes that we're hemmed in on every side that we are at the moment. But I'm going to tell you something, a little prayer. We'll get the king on our side. And God will give us the authority to do those things which seemed impossible, amen, with other people. But God, amen. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9, amen. He was talking to the Corinthian church. And may I just read this passage of scripture here to you, amen, in First Corinthians chapter 16. And I will begin reading at verse number 
9, amen, just one passage of scripture here. He says, for a great door and effectual is open unto me, but there are many adversaries. And I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, I believe that God's doors are open to us, but I do recognize that there's adversaries. But yet God has a man in Nehemiah at the time that I'm preaching about today. He, he, he was able to overcome every adversary because he had the king's authority on his side. And there was no Tobiah, there was no Samballot, there was nobody. Amen, could stop him. Because he said, we got a mind to work. We got a desire to work. Amen. And you know the story. You know the story. Praise God. That that man, Nehemiah, done in just a few days, less than two months, he'd done more work than had been done in 160 years because he had the king's authority. And he was, the king was on his side. And I thank God that somehow when you start reading the history, as I said a moment ago, Artaxerxes was, was Ahasuerus' son. He was in the kingdom of the Persians. Amen. When Esther was the queen and Mordecai was sent at the gate. And somehow God had those two people there. Amen that somehow they would turn the hearts and the minds of the greatest kingdom in the world at that time, amen, to where that they would be the authority. They would stop all the devil's purpose and plan, amen, to somehow destroy, amen. And I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, I do tell you, I believe that what's happening now in our world, what's happening now in America, and what's happening now to our own church, amen, Amen. The devil may make money for evil, but God can turn it around and make it for good. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's an open door. Praise God. Hallelujah. The king will send his army. Hallelujah. To make sure that if we got the burden and the desire, the work can be done. Lord Jesus, we stand here today, God, recognizing the fact that we are, Lord, somehow. Our hands feel, amen, empty. And God, our desires, oh Lord, is just, just a want to within us. We do want to see a revival. We do want to see, God, amen, this pass. And we do want to do something more, God, than just have our freedoms again. I pray, Lord, today that every one of the saints of the Lord that's listening here right now, that there would be, God, a burden get upon our hearts to say, God can use us. God can use us. I do believe that every burden that Nehemiah had, those men that were sent there to talk to him, amen, was something that you was placing in this man. This is the man that's going to do the work that God has needed to have been done hundreds of years ago. May Jesus a revival break forth. God, there's... May it be just like it is, God, with this, this virus that we have. It just spreads everywhere. I ask Jesus that you would use every one of us for your glory. May we make ourselves available. Say, Jesus, use us. Jesus, use us. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, I ask these things. And the Lord bless you. Amen.